Love yourself. Strive for progress, not perfection. Know your worth, then at tax. Make an income while making an impact. Doubt kills more dreams than failure ever will. Visualize your higher self and start showing up as that. Level up. Hi guys and welcome back to Level Up With Lou and this is the podcast where we help you live your best life, pursue your dreams and love yourself. I'm your host Lou Oni and if you're new here thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoy it. I've got an amazing guest on today. Her name is Christine Handy. Christine is a best-selling author, model, motivational speaker, humanitarian and a breast cancer survivor and advocate. Christine has managed to inspire lots of people through talking about her life experiences and she's really passionate about talking about the importance of building a strong community of women who empower each other. In today's episode, Christine is here to talk about how to stay emotionally well and thrive during difficult times, as well as the importance of building deep bonds and investing in your relationships and how to understand your true value and be your biggest cheerleader. Thank you so much for coming on this episode today. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for sharing my story. I feel like through storytelling, we can really impact people's lives. Definitely. Um, Before we get started, can you share your personal growth journey and what actually inspired you to write your book, Walk Beside Me? Yes, of course. I started modeling when I was a very young girl and I ended up being kind of a lifelong model. And until I was diagnosed with breast cancer, my whole identity was wrapped up into what I looked like, the external. And uh, through that career, which I really loved, um, I, I understood the world to be very transactional. Mm-hmm. And, and so when I was diagnosed with cancer, I, I really had lost who I was. I had no idea who that person was inside because all I had depended on my whole life was who I was outside. And and so I had to all of a sudden look inside and go, who are you? And it was through the pain and the suffering of 28 rounds of chemotherapy and 23 surgeries and all of that um, distress. And of course, losing my physical identity Mm. Um, which ultimately forced me to figure out that I had lived a life on sand and it it had completely came crumbling down. Um, and, but I, I took those experiences and I said to myself, there has to be purpose in all of this pain. There has to be purpose. Yeah. Um, and the only way I could make sense out of it was to write the story and share the the good and the bad and the ugly of what I had gone through, not just breast cancer, but other Mm. things. And, And that way, other people, if they were going through similar things or trauma or pain or suffering of any kind, then maybe they wouldn't feel so alone. Wow, that is amazing. Because I'm someone who always believes that there is purpose to everything that we go through in life. And I feel like other people can also learn from our journey. So it's amazing that you've actually used something that was a very difficult time for you to kind of inspire other people and encourage other people. Um, What would you say, or when would you say was the moment you realized that things needed to change in your life? Well, I, 
I had another health issue. Well, I had two other health issues prior to breast cancer. And so breast cancer was kind of the the mountaintop where I was just like, okay, I can't take anymore. Mm. And so I had at that point really given up on my life. I, I had no self-esteem at that point. You know, I had believed in the medical field and they had left me without trust in them anymore. And I had believed in authority and, you know, I was taught to trust authority and I had an issue with my arm and, and the authority that I was supposed to trust, you know, didn't help me at all. And so I didn't just not believe in myself. I also didn't believe in other people. And so I thought, well, there's no way I'm going to get through 28 rounds of chemo alone um, because I thought nobody would help me because I had lost my physical identity. And I thought that's why people loved me was because of my beauty, yeah. which was not the reason they loved me. Um, but it was a self-esteem issue. I had no self-esteem at that point. And so once my friends and my family really showed up for me um, during breast cancer, uh, I realized that there was, there was purpose in this, but I needed to figure out me mm. and they encouraged me with their faith. And they said there was, you know, that God would never leave me and they would never forsake me and that they were the hands and the feet of the Lord until I could take care of myself. And, but they also taught me that once this journey, the season was over, that I had a responsibility to share it with other people mm. and help them through mm. it. And so I guess the pivotal moment for me wasn't right when I was diagnosed with cancer, but it was probably with, within a month of it where I finally went from not wanting to, to fight for my life to actually being in the game and wanting to support myself. Wow. Um, yeah. And here's the thing. So I currently work with patients um, that do get a diagnosis of cancer. Um, and sometimes there's this kind of, overwhelming feeling of not feeling like you're in control of your life and feeling like things are happening to you and kind of like you're a victim um but from what you're saying it seems like you were in that space for some time where you felt like you know woe is me I can't cope I don't want to yeah. be a burden to everyone else um but you came throughout you came through you came out through that stronger and you actually realize and understood the importance of your life and the value that you do bring to other people um but what is one tip that you would share with people who struggle to see their value and really know who they are in this world you know i think that for me um i even today i work on my self-esteem it's a daily it's not a daily battle like it was mm but I do work on it a lot. I listen to the voice in my mm. head. I listen to the tape that I'm playing. Mm. I listen to what I call myself and who I say that I am, right? Uh, and I also discern who I want to listen to in the world, whether it's on TV or whether it's on a podcast or whether it's on social media. And I won't allow negative victim people in my mm. life. I, I, I really, I am very guarded about who, who I listen to. And so I think if you're diagnosed with a life altering disease or, you know, go through a traumatic moment or a traumatic disease, mm. then I think you have to, you know, the people that you surround yourself with, including yourself, have to be life giving, mm. have to be, have to be encouragers. Right. And, and that starts within you. And it's not always easy. You know, I had to look in the mirror and go, you're worthy. And you know what? I didn't feel worthy. And I didn't really like the what I, what I was looking mm. at, not just the physical part, but the emotional part. I was like, I don't like me right mm. now. 
But each and every day I'd walk in front of that mirror and go, you're worthy until I actually believed it. You know, we can retrain our thoughts. We can retrain our self-esteem and our self-worth, but it takes a lot of energy and a lot of messes and a lot of mistakes, but we have a responsibility for ourselves to change our self-esteem and our self-worth and self-love yeah. that comes first. Yeah, that's first. But it's an active, you have to be an active participant, mm. right? Yeah. You can't just depend on, first of all, you can't depend on the world to do that for you. One, the world will tear you down. Number two, tomorrow is promised to nobody. You can't depend on health or, um, you know, look at, look at the, look what the pandemic, look what it's done to us. It's shown us that tomorrow is not promised to anybody. And it's shown us that we aren't really in control, Mm -hmm. but even not in control, we have control over what we say to ourselves and how we feel about ourselves. Definitely. Um, I think even for me as well, in this moment of like, not even moment, but this period of uncertainty and all the struggles and things people are going through, it's very easy for me to like, kind of, you know, be sucked into that negative mentality and start to think that there's no hope and there's no good that can come out of this situation. But as you said, really being intentional about the people you surround yourself with and the things you listen to and what you consume will actually really help you in the long run to stay strong and, you know, stay positive and, you know, see things for what they could be and the potential of what life could be. Um, You are someone who really believes in women empowering each other and not competing against each other. But um, why do you think women are stronger together? And why do you feel like it's important to invest in your friendships? Well, if you don't invest in your friendships, that's it's possible that you won't have really solid friendships, mm, right? Yeah. Like for me, I wasn't investing so much in myself. I was in, investing many, many years in my external beauty. I wasn't investing in my inner mm, self, right? Yeah. But I was investing in female relationships. And so when I was diagnosed with cancer, those female relationships showed up for me, even though I had not invested in my own personal self and I wasn't showing up for myself. And so the only way that I can show other people why it's so critical is just through my own story. Had I not had those incredible female relationships who showed up every day. And by the way, it wasn't for a short season. You know, my breast cancer went on for 15 months, more than that, actually. And it was two seasons prior to that where I had two other health issues where they showed up. So it was season after season after season of these women showing up. That took a lot of their time, their resources, their own family, right? But they did that for me because of their faith and their also their belief that I was worth doing that for. Mm. And so if you have those kind of relationships that you pour into, I can assure you they will pour back. Mm. But we have to invest not only in ourselves, also into female relationships. And I think the world really uh, portrays women as catty and pulling each other apart. Yeah. I am so vocal about talking, speaking against that. We are so much stronger together, but we, we will never be together unless we hear each other talk. Mm. We hear each other's stories because we won't understand each other. Even it's, even if it's a close friend, I don't understand what she's going through unless she speaks about it and she shares about it. And I actually listen, but throwing stones and, and blaming and comparing stories and, and comparing illness and well, I went through more or I went through, you know, I don't want to tell you my story because I didn't go through as much. That's meaningless. Mm. Everybody's pain is 
everybody's pain yeah. and there's no comparison. There's no competition. There's plenty for everybody. Mm. And if women could really ingest that, their life would really change and their self-esteem would. Wow. No, that is so true. Um, there's this quote that I've read or heard quite a couple of times where it basically talks about the fact that like, you know, flowers just bloom um, despite being different in terms of like one can be a rose, one can be a daffodil. They bloom and they bloom at their different paces. They don't worry about what the other flower is doing. They just shine as much as they can. And I think of it as women as well, because sometimes people kind of equate women to flowers. So like women being pretty, um, being valuable, being something nice to look at. And then you think about it, we all look different. We all have different talents, different um, skills, experiences. Um, but yet sometimes we compare ourselves to each other and we think we're not good enough or this person has a perfect life or you know like we we overthink about what other people are doing rather than focusing on our own things but what would you say is something that really helped you to stay focused on who you are and be the best version of yourself I mean I really shifted from depending on my self-worth from the value of society mm-hmm. to the value of God. Wow. And that, and that was the shift. You know, when, when I said to, when I ultimately believed that I was the daughter of Christ, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, then why, why am I putting myself out against society that their opinion doesn't matter yeah. of me. And th- and that's where it shifted, but don't get me wrong. It took a while, you know, because we're fed in society, mm. you know, you should wear this, you should look like this, you should have this, you should drive this, you should live th- here. And that's what we're being fed every day, mm. right? We have to refocus from that into more important things. For me, it's my mm. faith. And, and when I kind of get sucked into society or sucked into social media, I stop myself and say, okay, refocus. And I'm going to meditate on my faith and not fear. And not what other people think of me. I'm going to meditate on what I my what the word says about me. Mm. That's so true because society changes all the time. We know like one day the standard of beauty is to be tall, another day is to be short, one day is to have dark hair, another day is to have blonde hair. And I feel like when yeah. you kind of focus and depend on society to make you feel valuable and worthy you're like I said you only were talking about the foundation earlier it's basically the equation of having your foundation on sand where something that's not stable that that can easily change and be slipped away easily but when you have your foundation on something right. greater than you which as you said is God something that never changes something that not something someone that never changes someone that sees you for who you are deep down always present I think that's the most one of the most beautiful things um and it makes such a difference to the difference to the way you view yourself and your life and knowing that you are worthy despite certain things that you have gone through as well is just really amazing how would you say your life has changed in terms of like how you imagined it would be like do you feel like it's different to what you thought you'd be Yeah. Um, you know, it's changed so much. (laughs) Um, I, for the last 10 years I've had, you know, 23 non-elective surgeries. So I've been in and out of the hospital. Even this past summer, I was, even during COVID, I was in the hospital 
a total of 23 days, four different times mm-hmm. because of a completely separate issue, not COVID. And so, cause I've had a lot of complications to the chemo that I went through eight years ago. And so I have to really dig deep inside myself to get me through these constant battles, health battles. Mm. And the only thing that I can do is give myself the grace to feel it. And what I mean by that is, you know, I'm, I'm definitely not a victim. I'm a victor and there's no, there is no shame. There is no pity party that goes on in my mind. There was prior to being diagnosed with cancer. Cause I would say to myself, like, why me? Like, why do I have to suffer like mm-hmm. this? And, and once I, and once I got through chemo, I was like, why not me? You know, why, why, why would I be, you know, not able to get through this? So I, God knew I would share the story. God knew I had the ability to get out there and speak. I was a model for 30 years. I was in front of a camera for 30 years of course I could get in front of a camera and speak about this story. And so for me, I'm like, God knew all along, he was going to take this pain and use it to help other people. And, and fortunately it has. And so for me, the refocus and the shift that I've changed, that's changed in my life has been, you know, I live a life of serving Mm. versus living a life of selfish. Mm. And I'm not saying that I wasn't a good person back then. I loved who I was, um, but I love who I am now. And, and, and back then I had a lot of happiness, but serving gives me a lot of joy. And so I don't know that I ever really felt joy until I started to serve other people and do it without transactional. Mm. There's no transaction what I do. I don't want something from you for helping me. I don't want something. I don't, you know what I mean? Like there's no transaction. Yeah. I, I'm not going to, you know, in the modeling world, we would, you know, for my agency, I would say, or my agent would say, well, if you do this for me, I'll do this for you. Or if you get me this client, I'll get you this photographer or whatever, mm. you know, that doesn't exist in my life anymore. Mm. And that once you take that transaction out of there, your life really can shift. Mm. Wow. That is so true. Um, you went through a really difficult time um, with, you know, finding about your cancer diagnosis and you know you're someone who had people around you that you felt like could support you um but one thing I've found or one thing certain people have said to me sometimes is that like they don't know how to be there for people who are going through difficult times in terms of like finding out like they have cancer or that like they're terminally ill or whatever it is they don't know how to support or even like speak to people Um, that are going through that hardship or that difficult time but what is something that you would say to people who want to support either be like a family or like a friend during a difficult time like this you know I think that all you have to do is show up in whatever way and capacity you can Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to cost money it doesn't have to cost you your time necessarily it doesn't have to be an extended period of time Um, But people in the community that I lived in at the time, uh, many of them said after I was completed my chemotherapy, they would say to me, well, I wanted to show up. Um, I wanted to come by your house, but you had all these friends that were there. And so I just think you would need me. And what I say to people all the time is we all need each other all the time. So yes, show up, go to the front door, leave a note, text somebody and just say, I don't know what to say but I care. Mm. 
You don't always need to know what to say. Just say, I don't know what to say, but I care about you. Mm. And, and I think, and, and you know, when I was sitting in the chemo chair and I would get my, I would look at my phone and there'd be texts and I would go, okay, I can do this. Right. It was a text. It took somebody five seconds to write, but it encouraged me so much that I was sitting in that chair with a, a port in my chest and getting ingested with all of these toxic chemicals that were killing cancer cells, but also killing healthy cells. And I would look at my phone and somebody would encourage me mm. and that would change my day. Mm. So it can be just a simple message. It doesn't have to be flowers. It doesn't have to cost you money. It doesn't have to be a gift. Just your, just you. Mm. That's so true. Because like one thing I've heard a lot during this time is like, you know we're all going through a difficult time so don't like don't feel some kind of way if your friends don't reach out or don't like take it personally and although I try not to take it personally I still I still think of the importance and I think of I think of the benefit of what it would feel like to have someone actually just reach out and just say you know, Lou, I'm thinking about you. I hope you're doing okay. You know, just that feeling that someone actually cares, like it just means so much. And I love that you preach this message of, you know, really showing people that you care and really valuing people and investing people. Because I feel like the way the world is going right now, people are feeling undervalued. People are not feeling loved, not feeling appreciated. So it's really important that we, you know, continue to push that message. Um, Can I give you an answer? Can I give you an antidote to what you just said? The the antidote for me, when I feel kind of like I'm left out or not getting texts or messages or, or people reaching out, especially during this pandemic, the antidote for me has been to reach out to a number of people every day, Mm. because I know how important it is for me to hear from somebody. And so that's how they, I assume that's how they feel. And so by me taking the step and reaching out to them, you can't believe how many messages I, I, I'll get saying, oh, she's thinking about you. And, 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 and in our head, we're thinking, they don't even think about me. <laughs> yeah. But if we reach out, then you can't believe how it impacts that person. Mm. And you won't, you can't imagine what they'll say back to you. That's so true. So that's the antidote. Mm. What's one thing you would say to a 25-year-old you? If you could go back in time and speak to Christine at 25, what would you say? I would work every day on my self-esteem. <laughs> I I would work every day. I would I would say to myself, we're going to take 30 minutes every day and we're going to go through your head and see what you're saying to yourself. We're going to go through your phone and see what who who you're allowing to speak to you. We're going to go through what you decide to watch on TV. And, and I would change a lot of those voices, including my own, Mm. you know, I was self um, critical and, and that never helps anybody. Mm. Self-criticism does not help you. It doesn't push you forward. It doesn't lift your self-esteem. It tears it apart. Mm. And so if I could change anything and if I could, and and whenever I talk to young groups, that's the first thing I say, you have to work on your self-esteem. Wow, that is completely true because I feel like that is like the basis of everything. Because if you have a positive self-esteem, you can believe that you are worthy, you can achieve things and do all things. And you kind of want to 
be the best version of yourself and push yourself and have those positive relationships and really live a life that's fulfilling. Whereas if you don't have a positive self-esteem and you don't really think much of yourself, then it's very unlikely that you're going to achieve much in life. So that, that, that whole idea of, you know, really working on your self-esteem is so important. Um, in terms of like daily habits and things you do to kind of help you, you know, stay emotionally well and kind of thrive through difficult times, what are some things you do on a day-to-day basis? So I listen to a lot of, uh, motivational podcasts. I have certain people that I listen to. I also listen to some prayerful podcasts. Mm. Um, I also say to myself, uh, you have to bless five people today, or you have time to bless three people today, whatever it is. Mm. And so by the end of the day, I've checked off the list. Okay. I've listened to a powerful message. I fed my soul with my faith. I, I often go to the Bible app and I've, I've reached out to a certain amount of people. Yeah. So I know I've made somebody else's day. Mm. And, and I put out on my social media, these very messages that we're talking about. And so I know that I'm serving other people Mm. and that in essence feeds my soul Mm. that feeds my self-esteem. It feeds, it feeds my nourishment um, so that I wake up the next day and feel good about myself. Mm. I'm contributing. I'm not taking Mm. right. And there's a difference. Mm. That's so true. Cause I feel like, yeah, human beings have the tendency to be selfish and only think about themselves. Um, but when you really try to pour into people and, you know, just do things for the yeah. sake of doing things, not because there's going to be no. a benefit no to transaction. You, no transaction. I feel like that no. brings the most joy. Because I don't even know for myself, like when I give gifts to people, when I spend time with people, when I do things that people didn't expect me to do, it actually makes me feel happier. Like I, I, I feel, I feel more fulfilled doing that. Joy. Yeah. Joy. Yeah. Yeah, that's joy. Definitely. Yeah. Um this podcast has honestly just been really what's the word? It's been really refreshing because I feel like you have quite like a positive yeah. energy and positive nature. But when has there been a time you haven't felt this way um in terms of like being positive and optimistic and how did you manage to overcome this time? Well, before my, maybe even during my first illness. So I was diagnosed with breast cancer at 41 and my first illness was 35. And at 35, I was angry and I was, um, lonely, even though I had a husband and two kids at home and I I felt very empty Mm. and I couldn't figure out why. And, and for about five years until my second illness, I kept trying to figure out why, why, why did I feel so alone? Even though I was around other people Mm. And that time of life, that time of my life was, um, I was probably the most self-involved because I was trying to go buy things to fill myself up. Mm. I needed a better car. I needed a better bag. I needed a new diamond ring. I needed just give me stuff, 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 stuff. And it never worked. Mm. It was fleeting and it was empty and it made me feel lonelier. And, and I look back at that time and I understand why I did it. Because I wasn't rooted in faith. I wasn't rooted in knowing who I was and whose I was. And so that that stage of my life was a very difficult one. But once I figured out who I really was, 
And I started to get rid of other people that weren't lifting me up and move me, moving me forward in my life. Then, you know, I completely shifted. Mm. So I would say, you know, we can go through stages of our life that are completely empty and lonely when you might be around more people than you've ever been around. Right. And you got to figure out, well, why is that? You know, what are you trying to fill your life with? Mm. And for me, I was trying to fill it with stuff. Mm. Wow, that's so true. Um, one thing that really like resonated with me when we kind of spoke before the episode was how your mindset changed from you know when you were modeling and younger, thinking about all the superficial things, to then when you went through certain things in your life and you realize that there's more to life than you know the surface things and the external things. Um, and I feel like I feel like my generation and even the generation coming now is quite superficial and quite blingy. And when I say blingy, I mean they like all like the stuff that shines and looks nice and you know, they're focused yeah. on, yeah. you know, attaining wealth and which is wealth is good, but in terms of like just on a very, very superficial level. Um, but what would you say to someone that is, you know, in my generation that sees people around them chasing all these superficial things, but they still want to stay grounded in who they really are and focus on the things that really matter. What would I say to those people how to do it? Yeah. Yeah. How do you stay grounded in a world that tells you to, to strive for things that are superficial? Yes. Um, Again, I think it's rooted in your own self-belief. I think that when we compare ourselves in our society Mm. and get value from that, that's an empty well. Mm. Um, But if you, you can have, you can have all the resources in the world, right? There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I, I make money and I plan on making money. Mm. Um, There's not, there's no, there's no shame in that. There's no guilt in that. Um, but I don't use my money in a way that doesn't serve other people. Mm. And I also, regardless of my popularity on social media or on TV or whatever, that doesn't, that doesn't change who I Mm. am. And the reason that I stay who I am is because I'm grounded in my faith, not in Instagram numbers, not in Facebook likes, not in anything that is external anymore but I don't want to sound like that didn't exist in my life because it did. Um, but it was almost like I was pushed, pushed, pushed into a wall so many times where I finally just was like, okay, can't take anymore. And it was at that moment or that season of my life where I was like, okay, what really matters? If like tomorrow is over, if that's it for me, what really matters in my life? And it's love, it's loving people and it's being loved. At the end of my, if at the end of the day, at the end of my life, um, and I'm in the hospital bed and uh, on my last breath, I'm not going to think to myself, well, I had, I had 38,000 followers on Instagram. I had, I had a broken bag. I had whatever that's, that's meaningless. And so I put myself in that position and, and I say to myself, what are you going to say on your deathbed? And I'm going to say, I, I loved really well. Mm. And I was loved really well. Mm. And, and I also love the slogan that I use. It's, I didn't make it up, but prom tomorrow is promised to nobody. 
And if you can say to yourself that every single day, you're going to stay grounded Mm. because you're not going to get wrapped up into what society wants you to get wrapped up into. It's, it's a, out there, it's a popularity contest. (laughs) I don't participate in it. I don't participate in it. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. At the end of the day, I really don't care what people think of me (laughs) and you have to get to a place. You have to get to a place where you don't care what people think of you. And that's hard, but, but the sooner you get it, the freer you'll be. Mm, That's so true. Wow. Um, one more question I love to ask my guests is what is something that brings you joy? Serving. Serving. That's it. Serving. Whether it's serving on, you know, my social media platforms, I'm I'm on the board of two nonprofit organizations. And I just really love to serve. Mm. I love making somebody smile. I love changing somebody's day. I love contributing to the community around me. I love women. I love making them happy. Mm. I love using my voice to make somebody else's life a little bit easier. I love using my pain to maybe stop somebody from going through the same pain. Mm. Wow. Thank you for that. Um, If there's one thing listeners take from this episode, what do you want the one message to be? Work on your (laughs) (laughs) self-esteem. Right. You heard that, guys. Work on your self-esteem. You have to. If our self-esteem is not really rooted and it's not really grounded, it's not really on concrete, the slightest remark on social media will put somebody somebody in a tizzy, Mm -hmm. right? It'll make them go backwards on their self-esteem and then it'll slowly get chipped away. And we have to be present enough to say to ourselves each and every day, what am I telling myself? Even I play tennis, right? And I'm, I'm 50 years old and you know, I'm, I'm an okay tennis player, but I'm not a great tennis player. And I, I, I played tennis the other day and I said to myself, after I hit a shot, you suck. And I stopped myself and I was like, I can't believe I just said that. But throughout our day, there will be moments when it's not even important stuff and we'll go, I can't believe I made that mistake. I can't believe I, I did that. Don't say mm. that. It's okay to be, me- it's okay to mess yeah. up. It's okay to hit a bad shot in tennis. It's okay to trip up. You know, life is messy, but don't criticize yourself for that. That's so true. But, but oftentimes we don't hear that voice in our head. We just let it keep playing. Mm. You have to stop and and change that tape, mm. right? Definitely. Because I remember there was this one time, I don't even know what this lady was doing, but she must have just like said it out loud. Like basically talking to herself, she's like, oh, you you dumb cow. And I just thought to myself, can you imagine like the amount of things that we say to yeah. ourselves that if we said to someone exactly. else, they would be so offended. They'd be so yes. upset. But whereas, because it's ourself, it's like completely yeah. okay to say it. And I just think I always, I'm always someone that it's not. A- yeah. And I'm someone that just really thinks it's important. The the way you treat other people, like you should never treat other people better than you treat yourself. So like, if you're not going to say to someone, you dumb cow, why would you say that to yourself? And yeah, that, that negative self-talk thing is something that a lot of us have to work, work, work through. Cause it is difficult. Like, I feel like that's like our default setting to kind of go into negativity and, you know, blame ourselves and exactly. But yeah. 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 Self-blame. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. But this episode has honestly been so amazing. I really enjoyed this discussion with you. 
Thank you so much for coming on the episode. If listeners want to connect with you and learn more about you, how can they do that? So my name is Christine Handy. And on most of my social media, it's Christine Handy. On my Instagram, it's Christine Handy One. And uh, my book is called Walk Beside Me, which is actually being made into a film called Willow. Um, So look for that. And then, um, yeah, my website is christinehandy.com. And if you just remember Christine Handy, you can Google it and I'm all over. (laughs) I'm everywhere. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much. And thank you guys for... And thank you guys for listening to this episode of Level Up With Lou. Let me know your thoughts. You can email me at levelupwithlou at gmail.com or feel free to send me a DM at levelupwithlou on Instagram. Until next time, everyone, take care. Bye. Bye.